0: This is how you end up getting a site that looks amazing, and then when you bring it to someone like me who's focused on marketing or who's focused on SEO, we'll look under the hood and say, yeah, this is a hot pile of trash, we can't use this, right? Because it's not built in a way to actually be usable. Welcome to Begin As You Mean To Go On, the podcast for mission-driven service-based business owners who want to increase their income and their impact without burning out in the process. If you're ready to work hard once to create systems in your business that continue to work for you, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Karanda Adair, CEO of Carvel Digital. And in today's episode, we're gonna talk about why it's so freaking hard to get a good website for your small business. I don't think I'm being dramatic when I say this might be the most important and most useful episode so far in terms of saving you for some really painful mistakes. Before we get into it, if you are new to the podcast, do me a favor and listen to this entire episode. And then if I've said something that makes your life and your business easier, you can say thank you by hitting that subscribe button and leaving a five-star rating in with you. All right, y'all. I am so excited to talk about this because it's one of the most painful problems that I see business owners at many, many levels struggling with. And I really struggled with how to structure this so that we can get through everything and make the most sense. So I'm going to give you a little background on my perspective and where I'm coming from on this issue. Then we're going to talk about the players, the main players being, of course, the client and the service provider. I'm going to give you some kind of general archetypes on where people fall in the hierarchy of things, and then we'll talk about what happens when you mix different types of clients and different types of service providers together and how things can go horribly, horribly wrong, or how you can um, stack the deck in your favor to make things go a little bit better. I'm also going to address what to do when you're really at the start of your business and maybe you don't have the resources to invest properly in someone to help you with this and what you should do in that case. All right, so let's get into it. Let me tell you a little bit about where I'm coming from with this. It is November 2020 as I record this. And in January, I'm coming up on eight years of being in business. So I've been at this a while and I have made $500 websites and I've made $20,000 websites and everything in between. So I have a lot of different experience. Since I went out on my own, those sites have been made exclusively with WordPress. So I'm going to start out by saying that if you're someone who is the audience for this podcast, meaning you have a service-based business and you're a small business and you want to do automated marketing with your website, you really should be using WordPress. Okay, so we could have a whole other episode and I might actually ranting about your all in ones, your Kajabis, your Squarespace, your this, your that. We're not going to do that today, but I will say stop taking technical advice from coaches. (laughs) Okay, please stop it. So I've seen it all and well, I haven't seen it all, but I've seen a lot. And if you want to know why I think you should use WordPress over some other solutions, I actually have a whole lesson on that. I will link to that in the show notes. But basically, you want something that is robust, that can, that can grow with your business, and more importantly, can play nice with the other technical solutions you're going to need to market your business. And you know, your Squarespace's and your Wixes aren't going to do that. So another important thing to know is I have a particular viewpoint when it comes to technology, and it has to do with the reason that I went into technology in the first place. I was really excited about the internet as a communication tool. That was initially when I first got on the internet in high school. It was mostly to, to get on and chat about Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> Right. But I've always been excited about technology as a communication tool first and foremost. And so when I went into the tech field, that's kind of my driving viewpoint. And when I started to work with clients on my own, my attitude was really more about finding solutions that were efficient over using a specific technology or or playing with tech. And I think a lot of developers are really excited about the technical piece and less excited about the solution that they're going to hand over to the client. Not in every case, but a lot of times. So that's my viewpoint. And I really came to believe that if I was custom coding something for a client, then somewhere along the way, I had probably failed in my job, because the job is to find the solution. The job isn't to have to custom code everything. And especially now, but even back when I started, there were a lot of things that were solved problems that you didn't have to reinvent the wheel. I think that's a particular viewpoint that is kind of rare for developers and certainly for freelance developers. So that's important to understand. All right, let's talk about the players. We've got clients and we've got service providers. And on the client side, there's a few different archetypes or groups that clients tend to fall into. A lot of clients know that they need the tech, right? But the tech really stresses them out. So if this is you, if you're like, I know I need a website, I know I need email marketing, I know I need automation, but just the whole thought of it just stresses you out and you don't like learning technology and you struggle to learn technology, then just let me assure you that it's okay right? You don't have to learn these things. You should learn a little bit. You should learn a little enough to manage your stuff day to day. But I don't want you to feel like, you inevitably have to DIY these things because that is not a good use of your time. And we're going to talk about what you should do instead. But let me just validate and acknowledge that for my non-techies out there, I love you and you're okay. You're okay just the way you are. And that's why technical folks exist, right? There are people out here who can help you with this. And then on, on the next level, you've got clients who they're not necessarily technical, but they're also not afraid to dig in. They're the kind of person who if it's a thing that needs to happen in their business, then they're going to go figure it out. So, whether it's tech or whether it's finance or whatever it is, and those tend to be the clients who they will go in and they'll do their own Squarespace site, or maybe they're even, they'll, they'll build their own WordPress site, and it will be a struggle. <laughs> it will take them a long, long time, and they will not be happy with the end result, but it's there and they do what they can with it. I get a lot of clients who have come to me in the past like that where they've just reached the limits of their DIY-ness and they're ready to level up and they know that they can't do it on their own. Okay. So if that's you, that's also great. Like kudos to you for digging in and getting it done. (laughs) Right. And there will come a time when you're going to want to level up and just pay someone to help you get to the next level. And then we have The third type of client who is a super technical, maybe even a developer, and you might think, oh, you're a developer, so everything's cool. Well, what I found with developers is that they are prone to Overcomplicating solutions in the name of using the skills that they have, right? Because they have them. And I don't see this as often, but I've often seen developers who have sort of this misguided sense of purity about having like artisanal, handcrafted code. And if it's not that, then it's garbage. And so these are the types of developers who tend to be really against page builders and things like that, that make it easier for non technical folks to do sort of drag and drop building. Um, And they really look down on that because. Because the code's not not good enough, not up up to their standards or whatever. So, um, you know, wherever you fall in this spectrum, each one has its strengths and weaknesses, but I just want you to kind of get an idea of where you fall in this picture, okay? All right, so let's talk about, on the other side, the service providers. Your service providers are generally going to be developers and designers. That tends to be who folks think of when they think, oh, I need a website. So I'm going to hire a designer. I'm going to hire a developer. Some people think that that's one person. And in very rare cases, you might get someone who is a great designer who can also build, but that's generally not the case. So on this side, one of the big problems that I see is that most designers and developers are not marketers. And when you come down to it, your website is a tool for marketing your business, or at least it should be. So you hire a designer, you hire a developer thinking, okay, I'm gonna build this website so I can market my business, but you've hired someone who doesn't have that skill and doesn't have that focus. And if you as the CEO are not good at marketing, then who's gonna drive the marketing? Who's gonna create the strategy, right? And what you get with that is you get either designers who are focused on, oh, this is gonna be really beautiful, right? They give you like a very pretty website that doesn't convert because there's no strategy behind it. Or you get developers who are like, they're cool because they got to use the latest JavaScript framework and they hand you over a site that looks amazing but is so technical and so custom that you're afraid to touch it because you don't want to break something. I cannot count how many times I have heard this story from someone. And I'm going to give you some, some resources. If you do, if you do actually just need someone to develop, like there is a resource that I recommend for that. But here's the thing. I went to look at this site and I looked at some of the profiles of the developers on the site. And one of them says, I love to troubleshoot, work on cool projects that allows me to try new web design trends. That's their motivation. They wanna try new shit, right? Their motivation is not growing your business. So this is a problem if you're not aware that that's their motivation and you don't have somebody who is looking out for you on the business and the marketing and the strategy side. So you have to have that. It could be you, it could be a consultant, it could be a marketer who's managing your developer and designer, but somebody has to have the strategy and figure out how this is actually going to help your business. I actually talked to someone who their primary, their primary thing is not making websites, but they kind of make websites on the side because people need that. And I get very excited when I meet folks who might be people that I could partner with, right? Because I am all about the strategy and figuring out the marketing part. And I'm continually looking for folks who can help me on the building side because it's not, a thing that I want to do anymore. And so I was talking to this person and I was like, well, what, you know, what are the tools that you like to use? What are the frameworks? And they said, oh, well, you know, I'm in a mood for this theme right now. And they named a popular theme. (laughs) And I'm like, do you want someone choosing technology for your business based on what they're in the mood to play with? No, you do not. (laughs) So this is the problem with designers and developers is, They're not always thinking about the marketing. So what happens when some of these players meet? You have the client who is not technical, who decides they're going to hire a developer or a designer to make them a website. And because you don't have the marketing strategy and because you don't have the technical knowledge, you can't actually manage them effectively to know that you're getting the outcome that you actually want. This is how you end up getting a site that looks amazing. And then when you bring it to someone like me who's focused on marketing or who's focused on SEO, we'll look under the hood and say, yeah, this is a hot pile of trash, we can't use this, right? Because it's not built in a way to actually be usable. Your business is gonna change and it's gonna grow and your offers are gonna change and you need a website that is flexible. And I have an entire article about building websites so that they're flexible. Uh, And I have a term that I coined for this phenomenon where you have a pretty website that is trash under the hood and I call it the underhaul. If if that's you, then you probably need an underhaul and you need someone to come along and maybe your branding is fine, but you just need that to be on a theme and a framework that's gonna play nice with your marketing, that's gonna integrate with your other tools. That's a whole thing and it's super, super common. So now that you know about it, hopefully you can avoid... (laughs) You can avoid being a victim of this. Then you have the clients who know enough to be dangerous. Those are the clients who can be in danger of micromanaging the project to failure, right? They know just enough that they will come in and they'll say, well, I really need the logo to be bigger. I really need this. I really need that. But you don't actually understand what is best practice in terms of making your website effective. These are the folks who are really focused on making sure that their favorite color ends up in the header, and they're not really thinking about their audience and what their audience needs to do with their website so that they can become your clients. These are a lot of the projects that I ran sort of in the middle years where I would really be trying my hardest to do the right thing for the client in terms of the result that they told me they wanted, right? You tell me you want to make more money. You tell me you want this many clients. You tell me you want people to come to your website and do a certain thing. And then they would fight me at every turn. you know, just putting their own wants and needs really. And I would come in and be advocating for their audience because advocating for the audience is actually advocating for the business to succeed because if you give your audience what they want, they're going to give you what you want, which is to do business with you. That was a lot of headbutting. And it's one of the things that really led me to just stop making websites at all for at least a year. And I have so many stories, (laughs) y'all. So these are some of the things that happens. And why is it so hard? One of the things that happens too is that, especially if you're newer in business or you don't have a lot of resources right now and you're trying to get this done, budget becomes a huge factor, right? If you have a small budget, Like, let's say you have a few thousand dollars to get this done, but you really want is that big result. You really want that whole marketing system and you're trying to get it for like under 5K, right? And it's just not gonna happen. What happens is you come in and you're super stressed out because this amount of money that you're investing is a super big deal to you and you're very, very pressured about the results of it. And that is just a bad way to be, and it's not a good, it's not a good scenario to have successful projects. And on the developer side, on the designer side, on the service provider side, the folks who are selling these services for that amount and they're freelancers or maybe they have, you know, them and one other person working as a team are basically undercharging for the result that you as the client probably want. And so what ends up happening on the service provider side is that they're super stressed out about money too, because they're not charging enough to really give you the result you want. And so they've got one eye on your project and they've got one eye on, oh, I've got to sell something else because I'm not really making my bills, right? I'm not really making the revenue that I need to pay myself and to be able to sleep and not burn myself out working. Ask me how I know, (laughs) okay? So... None of these is a good scenario. And this is how you get projects that go wrong. This is how you get, you know, developers that suddenly ghost you. Like things just come to a head. I really, I feel for everyone in this situation because I've been on both sides. Now, I haven't been on the client side in a technical aspect, but when you are trying to get something done that you don't know anything about and you, you're you doing your best to hire the right people and then it goes terribly wrong, like it feels terrible. And it's like you did everything you could do. And this happened to us with our yard. We wanted to landscape our yard. And so we talked to a lot of different people and we made the best decision that we could. And we got someone who said, he said he could do everything. Y'all, when someone comes in and they say they can do everything, that should be the little red flag should go up like the little, the meter, whatever bullshit meter you have should go into the red because very, very seldom can people actually do everything and do it as well as you need. Okay. So, you know, the price was right. This guy said he could do everything. He could plant the plants. He could build the fence. He could do the hardscaping. It was a total disaster. And we watched it happen. It was like watching a slow train wreck that we just could not, we couldn't get off the train, (laughs) couldn't turn away. And that guy ended up ghosting us and leaving our yard in a wreck. I will put a photo in the show notes for you all if you want to see like the total mess that this was. So I, I, I really do understand where you're coming from. How do we improve this scenario? I have a few stories about projects that went really wrong and projects that went really well. So let me let me tell you some stories and then we'll get into, depending on where you're at in your business, What should you really be focused on? When should you actually be focused on getting this website? And what's the best way to actually get it done? So I remember going to a WordPress meetup many years ago. I was probably maybe two or three years into my business at that point. And I was not the speaker at this WordPress meetup, but I I was called on by the speaker a couple of times to give my opinion about some things. And after the meetup, I had a line of people who wanted to talk to me and wanted to share with me the website troubles they were having. And one woman in particular was telling me how she had this half-done website. She had tried two different people she had tried to hire on like Upwork or whatever other you know sort of cheap labor website. And she just had this half-done website and it was really bothering her. And so she wanted to know, could I help her fix it? And so I told her my starting price which i think was probably around 2500 or 3 3 grand and she 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 put her hand on her chest and like was taken aback and said do you know how much i make and i didn't answer because honestly i i don't care <laughs> right if her goal was to make more revenue then that's the outcome and what she was paying for with all these cheap solutions was not going to get her there So I've also been on both sides in terms of coming in and having to fix other people's mistakes. I've also been on the side where y'all, I was just in over my head. Like it happens if you're in business and you're growing and you're trying new things, it's going to happen. And I did everything that I possibly could to fix that project. And in the end, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Had to give a bunch of money back and lesson learned, right? So after all these experiences, I had someone come to me who had a really great project. This was something where they needed e-commerce. They had a really great business model. They were already really successful and they wanted this new website. And they came in asking for basically the moon and the stars. And what this person said was, well, my budget for this is $3,500. And y'all, I had been through all these experiences, right? I had been through trying to give somebody the moon and the stars for cheap and not succeeding. I had been through trying to do a large project that was over my head and not succeeding. So when the situation happened and this client, potential client is like, okay, here's what I need. And I really felt confident that I could give him that. And I, I didn't laugh in his face, but I basically was like, okay, cool. I could do this for you. Your budget is a joke. We can't even keep talking unless you are willing to radically, (laughs) radically adjust your budget. I had been through so much at that point that I was like, whether he said yes or whether he said no, I was fine because it was not worth it to me to go into another one of those situations where either the client was gonna, you know, micromanage and be unhappy, or the project was gonna be too much. Like I was just done, and so I really just went into it with sort of like no fucks given, telling him the absolute truth, and he decided to keep going. And to date, that is still one of my favorite and most successful projects because I charged him six times what his original budget was, but they made it back in two weeks after we launched the site. So when I say you need to focus on the outcome and the result that you want, that is what I'm talking about. And you might have to invest more than you want to, but you should make sure that you're actually gonna get the outcome that you want. So let's talk about your options. What are your options to get this done? Because you do need a website. It's the 21st century and you probably need a website if you're going to have an actual business. And where you are in business will determine how much time and effort and money you should probably spend on the website. So your options are, you know, you can DIY. So if you're in that second category where you're like scrappy and you want to dig in and you also like to know, you just like to know sort of enough to be dangerous, and you need to know how to do everything in your business, which by the way, like more power to you. Like I really think it's a good idea for you to actually have experience with every part of your business before you try to outsource it. So if you have those skills and you're, you're wanting to DIY because maybe you're in the beginning of your business and you can't afford to outsource that, that's great. If that is you, I have the Marketing Mastery course, which is everything that I would tell somebody who is starting at zero, has no website. It's not just gonna talk to you about the tech. It's also gonna give you just the overview of how does marketing even work and how does your website fit into it? How does email marketing fit into it? That's gonna be the foundation knowledge that you need. And then I have the Working Websites Blueprint course. And that is actually a course for folks who want to DIY. There's there's two people actually who could benefit from that. There's folks who want to DIY because I go through Every step in a process as I go through it with a client, where I actually show you technically how I build sites, what tools I use. It's also great for someone who doesn't want to be like we were with our yard where we just know nothing, right? If you want to get a grounding in understanding at least how to talk about the technology so you know what your developer is talking about when they come to you, that is also a great use for that course. So I'll link to all of these things in the show notes. Then there's the sort of the cheap route. You hire someone on Upwork or you get a student or your niece who learned HTML that one time. A lot of people go this route and that sort of gets them by. And you know what, if you're gonna do that, that's fine. All of these are okay choices if that's what you need to do, but you just need to understand the implications of those choices and how these choices might come back on you in the future or just know that you're might you gonna need to level up like from whatever sort of first level site that you end up getting. There's some folks who like go all in in the beginning and they get someone to actually design and develop their website. The problem with this if you're newer is that if you don't have sort of your three fundamentals down which is your offer, an offer that people actually want, your audience, and your messaging, then the chances of that website actually helping your business are very slim. But maybe it just gives you, I've i have totally done websites for people where it's like, you know what, I just need a website to feel legitimate. I just need to be able to hand out my business card that has a website on it that I'm not ashamed for people to go to that makes me look like I'm in business. And if that's you, like that's also a fine outcome, just understand that that's the outcome that you want and be willing to invest to get that. I used to do website in a day builds for people where we would really just, they would come with all their content and we would just get it done. That's also an option. There's trade-offs, of course, with all of these. Whenever you're getting something that, is actually a pretty good solution, but it's low cost, you're usually trading something off. A lot of folks I know who are trying to serve this space of people who just really need something good, but they don't have a lot to invest. Maybe it's that you're going to have to sign up for their maintenance plan for a year. Maybe it's that you don't actually own the domain and they're building out your sites on a multi-site that you don't actually own. And if you wanted to leave that service, you would have to transfer it over to your name. Just These are the kinds of things that are the trade-offs that you have to consider and ask questions about when it's like, oh, you can have your whole website for $99. Really? Why is that? What are the trade-offs that are happening in order to make that possible? These are the questions that you need to ask. On rare occasions, you will find a freelancer who can make a well-designed, functional, but flexible marketing website for your business and do it for, say, less than $5,000. If you find that person, thank your lucky stars, and when they're finished with your project, if you're really a friend, encourage them to raise their prices. Because what you've really found is someone who doesn't yet realize how rare and valuable they are. Actually doing all of the things that need to happen in a website project to really prepare you for marketing and for doing really effective marketing is a lot. And it's very, very hard to actually make a living as a freelancer because of this value mismatch. And the folks who do it for long enough usually either burn out, trying to do too much for too little, or they figure out that just focusing on tech is not literally not the business, and they shift their focus elsewhere. And I have so many examples of this, of business friends who started out as WordPress developers and then decided to actually make money. And I had a great conversation with Jamie Slutsky over at the Tech of Business podcast. Uh, She hosted me over there and we talked about the fact that we have very similar tech origins but went in wildly different directions. I had a similar conversation with Reina Carcillo over on the Small Stage Big Impact podcast uh, just about a month ago. And we talked about the dangers of the web guy, which is our shorthand for those sort of hooded coder dudes who just care about the tech and using the latest JavaScript framework. And even my brilliant podcast producer, Noelia Sanchez, started out in the WordPress space. And all of us figured out that that's actually not where you can bring the most value is just doing the tech. And one of the things I've noticed about those of us who do still make websites for people is we have almost this reluctance about us. It's because if we could trust that we could send you somewhere to just get a website and then come back to us for marketing or SEO or whatever it is we're actually focused on without coming back with a pile of crap, like we would do it. But it's so hard to find those people who care about the right things, who understand the marketing, who understand how to build the foundation so that we can do what we need to do. And what I found is that the folks who are best at doing this are doing it Not because we enjoy the technical part so much, but because we really want you to win and we know how hard it is for you to get that good help. And we just really want to get to the fun part, which is the marketing, but we also don't want to slog through like your pile of crappy tech in order to do that marketing. So if you're looking for someone to help you with this, like that's one of the things you can kind of look for is what are their motivations? Ask them why they do what they do and how they got into the space. Now, I want to say a few words for those of you who have WordPress PTSD. I know this is a thing, maybe it's because you DIY'd or you hired that developer who handed you over that, that pile of code that then you can't touch. Whatever reason, you had a bad experience with WordPress and you will do almost anything to try to avoid WordPress. And what I want to say to you is just use WordPress. It is not worth the trade-offs. We just talked about some of the trade-offs. I just had someone today talk to me about another service where they're basically selling you drag and drop, show off your images, perfect your messaging, do it all and have it be easy without having to deal with all those plugins and code and blah, 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 right? And I looked into it a little bit and it's basically a subscription. What you're doing to get that functionality is you're actually giving up your self-hosted WordPress site that you own and you're putting it into their proprietary system and you're paying a subscription. Meaning if you stop paying for that, then no more website. And here's the thing, WordPress is 17 years old. It is a mature product And you could already have drag and drop functionality. You just need someone who understands how to build what you want in a way that is easy for you to manage. So stop trying to get around it. Stop being cheap. Do the damn thing. Build your foundation. And I promise you, if you have the right foundation, it will be as easy as it can possibly be when it comes to talking about technology. Just stop. Stop trying to make it easy. It's not easy to do this stuff. And if it was, then it wouldn't be so expensive to get it done well. I once presented a workshop and we were talking about websites and how to get good websites. And at the end of the workshop, people were asking me questions and they were complaining about how hard WordPress is and telling me all about their bad experience. And literally while they were complaining to me about how hard it was in about 10 minutes, I put up a really nice WordPress site, turned my laptop around, showed it to them and said, this is a solved problem. Can we please get on to the good stuff? So that's what I want to tell you. This is a solved problem. You may not know how to solve it, but you can actually have what you want in a platform that integrates and plays well with others so that you can do what you need to do. Now, if you are someone who's been in business, you've been riding on your DIY or your Squarespace, and you've gotten to the point where you're really starting to scale, this is when I see a lot of people starting to come to me as well is now they're starting to have their glow up, right? And You know, we're in a pandemic right now and there's a lot of people whose businesses are struggling because of the pandemic, but there's also a lot of people whose businesses are blowing up because of the pandemic or because of the social climate that we find ourselves in. There's a lot of black people getting a lot of business because suddenly white people are looking for us, right? If you are getting your glow up right now, that is a great time to be like, let me go back and make sure this foundation is solid. And for that, you are going to need a consultant or a marketer, someone who can bring all these pieces together as a whole and make sure that they work well. And that is what we do for people like on our agency side. You know, there's a reason this podcast is called Begin As You Mean to Go On because when people come to me and they're like, oh, do you just do websites? Do you just solve this problem? No, I, I don't have any interest in that anymore because when you give people half solutions, they generally don't get the outcome. And then they just felt bad about having dropped a bunch of money and not get the outcome that they want. I just had this happen with a client where we did a marketing intensive and then they wanted to know what could you do in one month? And I was like, well, it doesn't really matter because I'm not willing to just do one month because what they needed was gonna take longer than that. So I'm dealing in whole solutions. That's my jam. If you want someone to give you piecemeal solutions, then that's someone different. So whatever phase you are in, something to think about is what is the outcome that you want to get from this project, from the service provider that you're engaging with? Be super clear on that. Is it, I want a functional website? Is it, I want a website that's functional, that I can control. I want to be able to go in and edit it because if I had a dollar for the number of people who've come to me and said, yeah, my website's great, but I can't actually change anything. Sometimes they can't change the address. Like you move your office and you can't change the address and people show up to the wrong place when you try to meet with them. So be super clear on the outcome and then figure out what are you willing to invest to get that outcome? Does your business model actually support the investment that you need to make to get this outcome. Sometimes I have folks come to me who they're not trying to necessarily grow and scale their business a whole bunch, but they really don't wanna have this website that looks like it was built in the 80s, if there were websites in the 80s. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, is your peace of mind worth the investment to make so that you don't have to go through two or three crappy developers instead of just paying up to get it done right the first time. And you know, you can still you can always roll the dice, right? I'm giving you this information, but if you still want to go out and roll the dice, I always look at it like you have as much chance of that going well for you as you do trying to get, you know, to go on a car lot with a car full of lemons and you don't know anything about cars and you find the one car that's not a lemon. Right, that's kind of what you're doing. If you are not technical, you don't understand marketing, you don't understand design, you don't understand how things work. And you want to just roll the dice and hire someone on Upwork and hope that you can get the outcome. Because somebody has to know what they're doing. Let me talk to the folks right now who are listening to this and struggling because you really want that nice website, but you know, you don't have the resources to invest right now, okay? What should you do instead? And you're not gonna like this answer, some of you, but this is the honest answer. If you don't have the resources to hire someone that you know can give you the result you want, then you need to go sell. You need to go make more money in your business. Too many times folks are focusing on these things that really you don't need yet to make money. If you are in the first year or two of your business and you are not consistently making the revenue that you want, then you need to learn to sell. You don't need to learn to build websites. (laughs) Okay. And that is actually the genesis of where content bootcamp came from. I was creating these projects for business owners that it became clear they didn't understand marketing and how to get clients in their business. They were so focused on the tech that they weren't taking my advice about the marketing. And I just got tired of it, y'all. I got tired of it. And so I just stopped altogether. I was like, okay, I'm just not going to do any done for you services. And I'm just going to teach people how to use content to actually get clients. And that was really, really successful. And what dragged me back in is that those original coaching clients started to understand that their tech was now hindering them from doing some of the things that they learned. If you are in this boat and you're struggling and you're just wishing you could get help, but you don't have the money, go sell some stuff. (laughs) Make sure that your offer and your audience and your messaging is dialed and go sell some stuff. The most web assets that you probably need to do this is a landing page. I'm a big fan and I say all the time, if you can't sell it with a Google Doc and a PayPal button, then you probably shouldn't be creating it. So you don't need a website in order to get clients. And at the most, you need a landing page. And again, I have a course that I'll link to in the show notes. It's not even a course. It's like one one lesson. I think it's about forty minutes long. And it shows how I use WordPress, like very, very dialed back WordPress install to just create landing pages. So if you don't wanna use something like ClickFunnels, which I hate, or lead pages or third-party software, you can go and check out that lesson on how you can do it with WordPress. And because my theme is begin as you mean to go on, if you do that, then when you do get to that point where you're ready to upgrade, you're already on WordPress and you can just sort of expand out the site. If you do wanna use a third-party tool, you already have a Squarespace site, check out something like ConvertBox. ConvertBox allows you to do things like put lead magnets, um, put opt-ins on your pages, show conditional content to people based on where they came from, you know, create those pop-ups. All of those things you can do with a tool like ConvertBox, where you don't necessarily have to ditch your Squarespace website or upgrade, but you can do the fancy marketing things without a huge cost. So, That is my advice to you. If you can't afford to get the result you need, go make some money. And if you don't know how to do that, then come join us in Content Bootcamp because my clients continue to win every week. We have our coaching call and people are sharing wins all of the time. They're getting clients, they're raising their prices. They are creating marketing systems in their business that will continue to work for them. So might not be the answer you wanna hear, And it doesn't even have to be me. Maybe you learn this from someone else, but you are going to have to learn it. And if you think that you can grow your business without learning to sell and without growing your audience, then I have have bad news for you. All right, we went through a lot, y'all. And I hope this was helpful. I really hope that I get to some of you before you make these mistakes and you are able to avoid these. But even if you have made some of these mistakes and you've paid the price for it, I still hope this helps you understand why that happens so that you can avoid it in the future, okay? So who needs to hear this? I know so many people are suffering with this issue or about to suffer with this issue. Who is that person that you're thinking of right now who you know has that outdated website or they're struggling They've been trying to do their own website for a year and they haven't done it yet and they just need to get on with the business of selling. Who is that person? Please share this episode with them right now, okay? And now is also the time when if you're new to the podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if you haven't yet left the five-star rating and review, go ahead and do that now too. Really appreciate you sticking with me through this episode. Really excited to bring this knowledge to you. And I hope it helps you avoid some pain in your business. Okay. So until we meet again, be sure to begin as you mean to go on. If I had a dollar for every business owner I meet who will answer the same question 1,000 times in email, but doesn't have time to blog, well, I wouldn't need this podcast. If you're ready to stop spinning your marketing wheels and start creating content that sells, you need the 10-Minute Guide to Profitable Content. It's a free, no-fluff, action-packed guide with everything I've learned about content marketing in the last five years distilled to the 20% of actions that will get you 80% of the results go to carveldigital.com slash guide to get it now.